0: Susie. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, I'm doing well. How about you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's been a long time since you and I've done this.
1: I know. Um, it has been. And it got, what was it, man? Uh, a month or so before before the season kicked off?
0: Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the last time you and I recorded an episode of Coffee and Valkyries, um, we were actually in the same room. You were actually living in Seattle <laughs> like I am.
1: Yeah yeah uh not too far away now just down in the the p word of portland but um still very much following and um covering the rain so nothing has changed except for my location
0: all right so you live in quote unquote enemy territory but you're not you haven't done a full defection
1: correct nor will i ever
0: and hey you know what um we have plenty of friends and colleagues uh in portland so we can't totally look down and bash that city right
1: we can look down and say lots of um not so nice things about the team um, yeah. while loving a lot of the people down in portland who cover the thorns and the timbers
0: yeah that is true <laughs> so uh for those that um might have uh forgotten and just need a refresher. This is Coffee and Valkyries, a podcast about the NWSL fr- franchise Reign FC, uh, formerly Seattle Rain FC, but as we know, they're now re- relocated to Tacoma and play at Cheney Stadium. Um, yeah, it's been about a couple of months since uh, Susie, you and I got together and recorded an episode. And the last episode that we did actually involved um, The owners of Rain FC, Bill and Teresa Predmore, and, you know, they uh, gave uh, an overview about the reasons for the move, why it uh, needed to happen to ensure the club's stability going into the future and all that. And um, it seems like it was such a long time ago, right? Yeah,
1: it does. And now it seems like with this one week break that the rain are taking after the season's <laughs> kicked off, it's like, it feels like it's been so long since I watched a rain game when it was really only a week ago.
0: Yep. I think also adding to that fact is that they've only had one home game exactly since the season started. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we'll talk a little bit more about um, their upcoming home game against Sky Blue FC next weekend, being that. The team this weekend is on the bye since there's only uh nine teams in the league. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, nine teams in the league. So they get the free weekend. And as we've seen on social media, it seems like everybody on the team, players wise, that has taken full advantage of the days off and they've went pretty much all over the country.
1: Yeah. All over the country. I think I saw Megan Oyster was maybe in Mexico. So all over the country and beyond even.
0: Did you see um, one of Megan Oyster's Instagram stories was a swarm of baby turtles, I think, underneath a, their bed or some couch or something?
1: Oh, weird. No, I haven't seen that yeah. one. <laughs> it's really
0: it's really cute. I don't know how long it's going to be up on her Instagram stories feed, but if you get a chance to check it out, it's a it's a short little video of like a whole bunch of baby turtles. I think they might have just hatched or were just coming from somewhere where they really recently hatched. But yeah, it was a,
1: how cute. a a
0: bunch of them. Yeah, under, I think, a bed, a couch or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> to check it out.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about this team and how they're doing on the field. Um, yeah. Still searching for their first win. Yep. Um, But their last game was a scoreless draw at Washington Spirit. Thanks in large part to Aubrey Bledsoe goalkeeper for the spirit just being superhuman
1: yeah i think i looked at the expected goal stats from that match and it was like almost two for the rain and barely half of a goal for the spirit so uh if if you care about and pay attention to those numbers you can t- you can see that it was perhaps not worthy of a zero zero score line mm-hmm. um, and the rain were unfortunate not to walk away with three points there
0: yeah and, again, fair play to Aubrey Bledsoe because she was phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. she won she won NWSL Save of the Week honors and also NWSL, NWSL Player of the Week honors because of her performance in Seattle. I mean, just think about that point-blank save she made on a Bethany Balser's shot oh. of, in the 85th minute. And yep. Elise Keller Knight's free kick about two minutes later.
1: I know. It was like back-to-back amazing saves. And I, after that, I think you – where at least I was like, well, it's end. It's ending zero zero.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like it, I mean, you know, Rain fans, can, you know, can be frustrated about that, but at the same time, you just have to tip your hat to, Audrey Bledsoe because she was something else on mm-hmm. that Saturday evening. But um, in the bigger picture of that match, um, I thought rain looked a lot better, coming off their. Disastrous performance at Chicago Red Stars the week prior, which was postponed because of snow. They were supposed to play on Saturday night, but then um, more snow came than they uh, was forecast. So then they played Sunday morning. And yeah, you could tell that that whole adjustment for in terms of preparing their body physically and mentally for a game day, I think having to delay that into the morning after just. Yeah, the team just looked so out of it. But then fast forward to last Saturday night and the team looked so much better. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm going to harken back to former rain coach uh, Laura Harvey who always said over and over to us, goals change games. And I was just thinking about that Red Stars game, match. And <clears throat> Bethany Balser had a shot that went off the crossbar Pretty early in the game Mm -hmm. Um, and you know how differently the game perhaps could have been if they had been able to get a little momentum it just seemed like they needed something to get them going a little bit Um, that match and I think adjusting to playing the next day and just Chicago being a little fitter it seemed like um, mentally and maybe physically I kind of walked away from that game not actually feeling like I could pinpoint one thing in particular. It just seemed like everybody across the board had a really bad game. Yeah. So it was kind of hard to, like, really pull out any lessons to learn from that match, Um, except for you saw just a different kind of energy, it seemed like, uh, against the Spirit and Wall. It was still one point versus three uh the rain controlled the match uh mm. a lot more and we're able to adjust you know in the second half they put Chena matthews in who just brought this crazy burst of speed and it really threw the rain off a little bit at the really big be- the beginning of the second half because Teresa Nielsen in the first half was getting up the field a lot. All of a sudden she's she's got someone attacking her that's putting A lot of pressure and stress on on the back line. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought the rain did a really good job adjusting quickly to that, uh, where probably they wouldn't have done that the week prior against Chicago.
0: Yeah. And you can also tell uh, from rain FC head coach Vladko Nanowski, hearing him talk about the team's performance at Washington compared to um, how he felt they looked uh, at Chicago. Um, it was just night and day like you know we'd heard um, through our media colleague friends in Chicago that Vlatko just uh, yeah that Chicago game he just was not happy and we've we've seen and heard that version of Vlatko before last season when North Carolina came into Memorial Stadium and just uh, stomped them four one we've heard and seen that you know just Defeated Vlachaninovsky, and just where he knew everything went wrong, and he wasn't happy about it. And he owned up to the fact that he didn't prepare the team well for that match with North Carolina. And I felt like it was the same case against like Chicago. But then you move forward to last weekend, and yeah, he was a lot more enthusiastic and um, appreciative of the performance the team gave, even though you know it was a scoreless draw. Yeah,
1: yeah, I kind of the the one thing I heard him specifically call out after the spirit match that I'm sure he'll be working with the team on a lot is that they had a lot I don't know how many corners they had it felt like almost 10 Mm -hmm. um I should have pulled up the stats but I think it was close to 10 and he really wished I mean Bethany Balser's (coughs) point blank shot was off of a corner um but he felt like they need to be more dangerous on set pieces in general when you get that many opportunities against a team so We've seen the team have some really creative set pieces. Um, typically, if Megan Rapino's in the match, and obviously she won't be for quite a while for the rain, but I'm sure that's one area where he's going to work on quite a bit with um, whoever is going to be on the field.
0: Yeah. And so we are, we're now entering this point of the season where rain won't have Megan Rapinoe, but then soon enough won't have the services of other international players that we know are going to, the World Cup, release, we pretty much are all but confirmed uh, will be going to the World Cup. So we know some teams, some countries, have not released their World Cup rosters just yet, but they will be probably be out uh, in full by the time you are listening to this episode. But um, so yeah, the team has been without the firepower uh, of Megan Rapino. and obviously it's it's bringing up that old question of how just how dependent are Reign FC? are on someone like Rapino. and um you know you can formulate your answer or probably I already have your answer to that question by now but I think one thing that's um really fascinating is the revelation that we seem to be uh, witnessing before our eyes is Bethany Balser mm-hmm. yeah and sorry go ahead
1: no, I was just going to say uh, she's been super impressive to be able to come. How many times have we heard from players who take the step from college to pro about how hard it is and how much faster and more physical the game is and mm-hmm. how that's not an easy adjustment? And she's just been – she's jumped in pretty seamlessly. <clears throat> it's been just really impressive to watch her. Um, and you kind of get excited thinking about what more she can do.
0: Yeah, and – we're, we're You're all, you're also hearing it on the broadcast of uh, Rain FC games. So far, it's like, oh, you know, we're it's not going to become a repeated story. Like, oh, her college coaches had uh, got a hold of Vlaco and said, you got to check out this player. And you know, we know Vlaco. You, you know, um, he'll check out any player. You know, he'll move every stone in, on this planet to find that player. And and I know you've um, had some uh, direct experience with Vladko and like and him talking about what can Balsa do, like the or at least the potential that she can she has and that hopefully that uh, Vladko and his coaching staff can help unlock.
1: Yeah. Um in the in the preseason I had a chance to talk to Vladko when the rain were down in Portland for the Thorns, um, spring invitational. <laughs> And, you know, this was before he the team had decided to assign her, and he was telling me, and she hadn't really gotten much playing time in the preseason up until this point, and she's like, he was saying this Bethany Balser, she's such an interesting player, she didn't play um, for any um, club team, or... Um, premier team. When she was in high school, she just played high school soccer and then she signed with an NAIA school. So she hasn't really had the kind of technical coaching that a lot of these players have benefited from. And he was saying kind of as a result of that, um, some of that like soccer instinct that you develop when you have really good coaching about when you press and how you move and when if you lose the ball that you don't kind of stop and give up, you (coughs) keep challenging for and you move for your teammates that was all stuff that was kind of newer to her yeah. and he and he wasn't um the way I kind of interpreted it he wasn't really sure yet if she was going to pick up on that um but then a couple weeks later she signed with the rain and then she played and then she started and so um if you if there's any coach out there in a professional environment that's going to develop a player like that it's it's blotco so you're already seeing how quickly she's able to pick up on some of those more nuanced performances um, when it comes to playing on the wing and being a dynamic teammate and how you move as a unit. So I think we'll only see more and better things from her um, from that perspective.
0: Yeah, and a good example of like the growing pains of, you know, needing to develop uh someone like Balser. unfortunately we saw it in the Chicago game yeah. where she was she didn't close down on defense um and which basically allowed Casey Short to walk in and uh you know take an uncontested shot that set up Chicago's first goal and yeah that's going to be one of those things where you know obviously the coaching staff is going to work with her and help her develop so she can be that true two-way play that he obviously thinks the potential is there for her to achieve but we're seeing just how much, how much confidence she's growing and how much comfort she's getting with uh, the long, with each minute that she's out there on the field. I mean, some of those shots, like you know, what the point blank shot at Washington, um, two minutes into the Chicago game, you know, off the crossbar. So yeah, she's getting a lot more confident, comfortable on the offensive side. And, and you and I have talked about this before. Like it's the other side of the ball that you know probably probably. Uh, needs to work, and I'm sure she would uh, admit to herself that that's something that she needs to work on.
1: Yeah, and Vladko asks a lot of his <clears throat> wide players when it comes to the press, um, the high press that they play. So um, being on another team, you might be a little a lot off the hook a little bit when it comes to that defensive responsibility. But um, with, with the way he likes to play and how quickly he wants the team to win the ball back, uh, if they all do that, you know really well and together she's going to have a lot more offensive look so more yeah. to come from bethany balser i'm sure
0: yeah and uh what's pretty what's been fascinating like as we you and i have um witnessing the you know the growth and the development and the revelation that could be bethany balser is whenever we uh mentioned her on our twitter feed uh, uh right at the valkyries twitter feed um at R-O-V-A-L-K-S. There seems to be a strong Bethany Balser on Twitter presence for her.
1: She's got a fan club, and I heard that there was a strong contingent in Chicago. Um, So it's, yeah, there is a a large group of people rooting for her, which is cool.
0: Yeah, so this is something that I'm, hopefully, if we get a chance to talk with Bethany on the podcast and just get to hear more about her story, um so she has a couple nicknames that i'm sure you and i will (laughs) ask about because i'm pulling up her instagram right now hopefully it's still there within her bio so yeah she has two nicknames according to her instagram bio it says some call me boats some call me betty wap or Wap. um as much as i want to know the story behind those things i think we got to give a nickname to her um to the Bethany Balser uh, fan club, that seems to spring into action whenever we, we tweet about her so far in this young season, and I got an I got an idea for the name.
1: Okay, I'm ready.
0: The Betty Brigade.
1: The Betty Brigade. Yes.
0: Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah we're totally claiming that right now.
1: <laughs> I'm sure her her supporters will own it. So.
0: Yeah. Well, it's Gosh. just like it's just like how the the one random um, nickname I you know made up for Bevianas is now actually part of Rain FC Canon. Yep. Yeah.
1: You're you're starting a new one.
0: Yeah. That's that is why I'm here. <laughs> that is why you brought me to sound heart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to, come, to come up with nicknames for Rain FC players.
1: It's crazy. I was just thinking, you know, with the World Cup coming that the entire front line of the Rain is potentially going to be all new players, and that's kind of interesting to think about. Shea Groom, Darian Jenkins, mm-hmm. um, Bethany Balser, and then there's players like um, Chris- Kirsten Dahlstream and um, JC Johnson
2: mm-hmm.
1: that um haven't had as much time in the last year either playing with the team, so it's going to be. I, I honestly don't know what I what I am feeling or predicting for these next few months for the team, but it's going to be really interesting to see how they all click and perform together.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of uh, Darian Jenkins so far in this young season?
1: Well, I was so impressed by her um, against Houston when everyone, a lot of other players felt pretty – listless in attack and um she just she kind of carried the team from an attacking perspective and was rewarded with a deflection goal but Mm -hmm. she um she's faster than I had even thought I mean we saw her in the preseason and we're super impressed with her runs from pretty deep yeah um fast tall um strong it's a bummer that she got injured so early in the season but it Mm -hmm. seems like Nice to see her get forty five minutes against the Spirit. Um, I'm super excited and um, jazzed. I think she's has the potential to be um, one of the best pickups the team t- team had in the off season.
0: Yeah, I think you and I and everyone else that is involved with Ride of the Valkyries is um, <clears throat> has her as one of the players to watch this season for obvious reasons because it's it's a big ask of her to, to basically be part of the offense when Megan Rapino and Jody Taylor are gone uh, for the world cup. And yeah, it's not all the entire load is going to be all on her shoulders. Cause yeah, hopefully you, you get enough of, you know, shea Grimm as she plays herself back into, you know, the best shea Grimm I you know, that Blacko got out of her. And then, you know, yeah, we see the continual development and revelation of Bethany Balser that those three can distribute, you know, have equals, equal parts in the attack. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that Jenkins has missed the past couple of games. But, yeah, nice to see her get at least a half in at Washington. I'm sure it was by design, too. Just play her for the half. They have, you know, two weeks until the next game. See how she's, you know, feeling from whatever the injury was. I don't think the team ever disclosed it. I think, um, I was,
1: I think it was a hamstring.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: But – as we know, Vladko is super cautious when it comes to injuries, and he's not gonna put a player out there um especially this early in the season if they're not feeling a hundred percent so yeah, it's possible she could have played in Chicago, but um especially you know thinking about the weather conditions and the uncertainties around the match mm-hmm. i um feels like a smart move, even if she was ready not to play her.
0: Yeah, or as Vlatko famously says, if this were a playoff game, she'd be playing.
1: Exactly, which sounds like that was right about where Megan Rapino and Steph Catley were in the last match. So by the, the team's own indication, it sounds like Catley will, will be still in the area for the Reigns next match and mm-hmm. available to play, which is exciting because she brings so much um, she her ability to make those runs up the left flank. Um, even if we only get her for one more game, uh, will be exciting to see if she's able to play.
0: Yeah, and so that next game is next Saturday, at Cheney Stadium. Uh, Rain FC will be hosting Sky Blue FC, and um, all indications we've heard from the team is that the remaining internationals will be available for selection. So we're talking about the Australian trio of Steph Catley, Lydia Williams, Elise Kellen Knight. Uh, J- Japan's Rumi Yotsugi, England's Jody Taylor, um, Spain's Delia Jimenez-Delgado. Um, that's all we have, right, for in- remaining internationals?
1: Yes, that okay. sounded right. Okay. <laughs> Th-
0: these bi you just kind of forget like, what's going on with the world. <laughs> so, um, I know we still got like a week uh, before that match, and especially however Sky Blue plays in uh, their weekend match. But what do you what do you think um, about going into that uh, next Saturday's match against Sky Blue?
1: You know, I will say these last two weeks, Sky Blue has looked like a, a different team.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: they were able to hold on in whatever way possible, to earn a a 0-0 draw with North Carolina, which is um, any team that that, um, takes all that pressure from North Carolina and doesn't let a goal in is impressive. I will say North Carolina missed some pretty close shots, but that happens. Um, And they looked so – from an attacking perspective, Sky Blue was really impressive against Portland, Mm-hmm. Um so it's not the same Sky Blue that that got kind of walked over by all teams last year. They're they're a lot more dynamic in the attack and it's going to be really strange to see Naho playing on the other side. Um but she brings a lot of calm and just like fantastic distribution that they didn't really have last year. Um so it's it for fans thinking it's going they're going to be able to walk in and kind of walk all over sky blue that's certainly not what they're indicating in their play from the last few games
0: yeah and i just yeah that game against north carolina it was crazy because they had a weather delay right
1: yep and then like in the 60th minute or something like that
0: yeah and then sky blue almost won that game if it wasn't for a goal line uh, clearance by former rain fc Player Merrick
1: A goal line clearance, and then wasn't that game? I feel like uh, they had a pretty good handball shout in the waning oh, yeah, minutes, that too. too. Um, yeah, Amani Dorsey is just a really dynamic attacker for them who had created plenty of chances um, against the Courage. So, uh, speedy, speedy attackers. Um, it's going to be an interesting game.
0: Mm hmm. Do you think Naho has done enough to get a spot in the World Cup?
1: It's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. I I don't know. I don't. It could be a situation kind of like the U.S., where you know those 22, 23 players on the roster, they might not even be called on at all. Mm. So who do you bring? Do you bring youth, which is something Japan is certainly been focused on in the last four years or do you bring a veteran who's going to have the calm the experience the like ability to to provide advice to players if you choose the latter I don't know if there's anyone better than Naho yeah um but I don't know if she's gotten enough looks from the national team in the last few camps that they've had or um like enough from this season for them to call her in
0: yeah and you and I aren't gonna sit there and say we know enough of the Japanese national team, but really, nobody knows what they've been doing. They've just been kind of doing weird things with their national team calls as of late, like it's a mix of one one time it's like youth and another time it's a mix of youth and veterans, right
1: yeah, and Rumi Itsuki is certainly one of the <laughs> older players on the team now there, and you know she's been called up for a lot of the recent camps, but hasn't been playing that often either so um, it is. It is hard to know what what Japan is. It's hard to know who is even going to make the roster. But also, you've we've seen different Japan show up for different matches in the last mm-hmm. few years. Um, and you know when they're at their best, they're one of the hardest teams to beat. But I don't know if that Japan's always going to show up for this World Cup.
0: Yeah, and even on a more mundane, superficial, superficial, but it's still. Something we all like to know level. I don't think they even released uh, their World Cup kits yet.
1: Oh, you're right. I haven't seen anything from Japan.
0: Or they haven't at least publicized the release. No,
1: I would be happy if they kept the one that the men used. They had some pretty awesome jerseys, but they also deserve their own.
0: Yeah. But yeah, like in the, I think it was like the same week where one day it was Nike because we, we saw Megan Rapino and so many other athletes in Paris, they released their World Cup kits. Um, and then I think like a couple of days before or afterwards, you then saw Adidas release uh, their World Cup kits. And as far as I, yeah, Japan has not released theirs yet.
1: Yeah, I would totally rock a Jap- Japan jersey.
0: Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of question marks when it comes to Japan in terms of who they're bringing to the World Cup, or as far as we know at the time of this recording, what they're gonna be wearing. <laughs>
1: Let me ask you related to um the last few US World Cup slots,
2: uh-huh. is
1: there um a player? I'm not I'm not even gonna ask you to debate who should have been on the roster, but is there a player in the NWSL, even if they haven't gotten time in camps recently, that you feel like would have been cool to see go to the World Cup?
0: Um yeah, and I'll I'll put a name out there and someone that we just uh, recently named Merit Mathias. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Outside back is a is a slim field for the mm-hmm. for the national team. She's got speed and versatility. So.
0: Yeah. And in, is not a, will not hesitate to straight run through people if need be.
1: <laughs> run through anything.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, she'd be someone that it would have been nice to see her. Um, part of the World Cup roster but I totally understand from the conventional point of view where you know if you're not getting the minutes at you know in camps from like she believes or other various friendlies it's like you know it's really hard to all of a sudden be like oh you're now going to uh, the world's biggest tournament
1: right yeah
0: Um, we're going to take a break but when we come back we're going to answer some questions uh, that were sent to us on Twitter so we're back, and now it's the question-and-answer time. So we put out on Twitter at Rolvalks, Rovalks, R-O-V-A-L-K-S, um, to all Reign Sea fans if they had any questions, um, and some of you have responded. So we're going to go and answer a couple of them right now. Ready, Susie?
1: Ready. Let's do it.
0: Um, here's one. Should the Reign sign a new player less than 24 hours before every game this season? they're undefeated so far when doing that
1: <laughs> um, i guess i mean i'm pretty superstitious so <laughs> in my in my dream world that sounds great but in a practical standpoint there that would mean that they were then waving players left and right yeah <laughs> but it is um it's been a pretty interesting start to the season where Bethany Balser got signed and then immediately was on a plane to Houston. Mm -hmm. Kirsten Dahlstream was recovering from injury and then just magically kind of got woven into her press release saying she was available. Uh Um, And then she played that next day.
0: (laughs) And then uh, Megan Kelly.
1: Megan Kelly, right. She got some playing time against the Spirit. And I didn't mention her earlier when I was talking about attackers. That's a good flag. Yeah. such a new addition um so uh they've had kind of to pull some players out of nowhere it seems like though we talked to Vlatko last year and I know he was um praising Megan Kelly for her last season with FC Kansas City under him where I actually believe that she had the highest goals per 90 minutes um because she often came in as a sub so she didn't <laughs> Have very many minutes, but had a solid amount of goals under her belt that last season with FC Kansas City in 2017. So I'm sure he's super pumped that she was available, which is a tangent, but <laughs> just a note about Megan Kelly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> look, look. I think if Rain <clears throat> wasn't tied down to roster rules and salary cap, and you know all the legalities and that, by all means, because <laughs> I'm sure you and I have a, a long. Uh, List of players that would be great to sign within 24 hours before a match, and just basically be a, a ringer. And I'm pretty sure you can tell who would be number one on my list of like being a a ringer that comes in tw- less than 24 hours before a game.
1: Uh, I believe she plays with Jess <coughs> Slack right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> also plays for Germany's pretty good, but uh, pretty that's, good. That's that's another discussion for another time. But yeah, yeah it is funny that they uh, they seem to be doing this signing players you know yeah the day before a game <clears throat>
1: um yeah I, I i like you i agree probably not going to be doing it much more but um uh fun to see those players just kind of pop up and play
0: i mean it could also just be a, a timing thing based on whenever the league tells them okay you can go ahead and pull out that push out that rest press release that you've signed so and so because we're gonna see it again with players being signed as national team replacement players in the coming weeks. So it could all just also just be a timing thing where they've signed all the paperwork, like say, you know, Monday, but for whatever reason, the league tells them, Oh, you can't put out that press release until Friday.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. We know the league can be interesting.
0: <clears throat> yes. Interesting. <laughs> That's the politically safe answer. Um, So earlier this week, there was a tweet from Dan Loletta of the Equalizer saying that goalkeeper Casey Murphy is set to join the reign. We have a question here basically asking, is there been any confirmation on that?
1: Um, As far as we have heard, a lot of sources have (laughs) indicated she is indeed coming to the league. Nothing official has been shared by the rain, so I could not say definitively one way or the other, and probably you are the same. Um, Though I will say it would be a really interesting and great pickup for the rain because they're going to need a third goalkeeper once Lydia Lydia Williams reports for Australia um, in the World Cup. And I know they brought in some keepers during the preseason. Um, that they could tap into, but Casey Murphy was seen as um, kind of the future goalkeeper for the U.S. national team, um, and uh, for the rain to be able to get her would be a huge pickup for kind of the long-term vision for the rain.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I really don't have much to add to beyond what you just said, but yeah, it, we've seen that report. Um um i'm sure if we were to ask the club right now they would just say no comment um and we just have to basically wait until um a press release comes out where her and maybe a couple other players are signed as national team replacement players like you know we just said at the last question Mm -hmm. have we lost just fish luck to france (laughs) No, no, we have not.
1: If you've seen video celebrations of um from Lyon's multiple trophies they've already won, right. um, you will know that Jess Fishlock still doesn't know much French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um she is definitely enjoying her time there, but that is um a joking way to say that she is no way integrated into Fran- France life yet. Mm-hmm. Um, loves and dearly the rain. Um There have been some, some tweets about her wanting an extension with Leon, And as far as you and I are interpreting that, she would be silly not to take them up if they wanted her back after the NWSL season is over for another season because she's had a huge impact for the club this year. But she will be back with the rain in actually probably a few weeks.
0: Yep. Um <clears throat> I think uh, even uh, Rain on Twitter was uh, had to address it. That they they basically said, "Nope, Fishlock will be back after uh, their Champions League run," um, and they said actually put a date on it. He said she will be available for selection as of right now on uh, the May twenty seventh match against North Carolina. So where obviously it's going to stink losing all the internationals by then. We are getting we are getting back Jess Fishlock, who probably would be a, a trouble winner already and still um uh playing some really good soccer as uh if you've been able to watch any bits of how she's been doing at Lyon, like yeah, you can see um she's hit I think she's hitting all those things that she wants to accomplish in terms of yeah. uh adding new layers to her game.
1: Yeah, I will just <coughs> say I have been um Not shocked because we know what kind of player fish Luck is, but she has she was walking into a very deep and very talented midfield yeah and she's been getting starts over people who are going to the World Cup from Japan and France and um Germany and um sh- that she continues to get starts in the biggest games that Leon is playing is just a testament to like how important they see her mm-hmm. and you know, when Alex Morgan, was that in 2017 when she went to Lyon? Yeah. Um, I felt like she was kind of at a point in her career um where she needed to level up a little bit. And when she came back after playing in Lyon, I thought she was just a completely different player for Orlando for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's when her and Marta were just destroying teams left and right. Um, So I'm – pretty optimistic that we will see kind of the same result when Fishlock joins the Reign as well.
0: Yeah. And also, also a key thing in terms of like squashing any rumor like, oh, she's like not coming back to Seattle. She's still under contract to Rain FC. Exactly.
1: So. Yeah, she was just loaned to Leon. So, yeah,
0: yeah. players in NWC don't go on loans unless you know, without, you know, pretty much under the assumption that they are still under contract. That's the only way those loans can happen. Yep. Well, I mean, we know NWSL can reveal some new weird rule that nobody's ever <laughs> heard of. But as far as we know, the core basic principle of NWSL contracts is if you're on, a, on loan from an NWSL team, it's because you are still under contract with that team.
1: Yep. So super pumped to get her back.
0: <clears throat> yes. Um, just two weeks now. I That's know. Yeah. Um, who, who? All right. So that Champions League uh, game between Lyon and Bar
1: Barcelona, yeah. Barcelona. Yeah. Who you got? Um I have to say Lyon, but um I'm excited cuz Barcelona has some super talented players. Um Leakey Martins. Yeah, Leaky Martins. Um Tony Duggan plays there too, I think, right? Yeah. Be, yeah. Um so I'm, yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun, hopefully, a really fun match. Um, but would be really cool to see Fishlock um, win with Leon.
0: Yeah, and a complete uh, a uh, club treble uh, under her uh, already storied resume, which, yep. if you don't, if you forgot, folks, she is now a member of the British Empire.
1: Yeah. She's got so many accolades. And how cool um, would it be for her and all that she's done to elevate the game in Wales to get um, such a like once in a lifetime trophy for biggest club match of her career.
0: Yeah. And I think it's part of just the euphoria of uh, getting that civil honor for her contributions to the LGBTQ community through sport. I think it's what's keeping her motivated to go for Euro 2021
1: I know, she's nonstop.
0: That yeah.
1: woman. She's and then so awesome and inspiring to watch.
0: Yeah. And then when she's back here, we do have to wonder if you and I have to actually like bend at the knee or.
1: <laughs> well, wait, she'll probably make us even if we're not supposed to.
0: True. I mean,
1: once at least.
0: <laughs> if Jess Fishlock told me at a press conference after a match, Jacob bend at the knees like. Yeah, you don't have to ask. Say that twice.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: All right. it's, it's either bend at the knee or, or eat a slide tackle from just fishlock. Nah. Yeah,
1: choose the former.
0: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of fishlock, uh, this is another question. Is fishlock key to the midfield or is the loss of Rumi and Ali too much? Obviously, they're talking about when Rumi, Itsugi, and Ali Long are playing in the World Cup. Mm-hmm will Fishlock's return be enough to stabilize that midfield or is it more, is it really a case of you need all three of them in there to make it work?
1: Yeah. I think what we've seen at the start of this season is that the midfield players that have sort of rotated around are all really quality players. And sometimes it's worked. Um, it worked like the dynamics were really strong against Orlando. And I thought the midfield looked really strong there, mm-hmm. but when you don't have someone who's a real playmaker in more of the attacking midfield role, um, when you don't have like that creative playmaker force, and you don't have Megan Rapino, the attack really suffers. I yeah. think the midfield um, without Fishlock would have functioned, really seamlessly if Rapino was in the match mm-hmm. um and you're kind of seeing what it looks like when you don't have Fishlock and you don't have Rapino. so yeah. having Fishlock who can provide a lot of that creative um aggressive attacking style can link up play a lot more not to discount what Bevianis has done in that role she does a really great job of breaking up play and um, serving as a little bit more of a defensive attacking midfielder, but Fishlock just brings that two-way play a lot more.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: that'll be really exciting to see yeah. her come back.
0: Yeah, and when she's back, <clears throat> and I think you and I are pretty much projecting that Bevianas would also be part of that midfield when Fishlock is back. We know those two can uh, help synchronize everything a lot better together because we know they've played, you know, They've been playing together since 2014.
1: Yeah, yeah. They know each other, read each other super well. Yeah, it's been an interesting challenge I feel like Vlatko has had in that he has so many quality midfielders, but they're all like Rumi Stugi and Elise Kellen Knight play really similar. So to have both on the field at the same time is kind of redundant. Um, and the same thing a little bit. Um, Ali Long can play a little bit more of that six role. Um, kind of the true holding midfielder role a little bit more, but um, it was interesting to see Kristen McNabb get the start against the Spirit, and as I was thinking about it, she is more of a true holding midfielder, Um, so she got the start over at least Kellen Knight. Because of that, you know, just it's a role issue versus a, like, quality player issue, so it'll be interesting to see how they shake that all out when a lot of the midfield does depart for the World
0: Cup. Yeah. And I will also say this, given that the lineups that we've seen um up to this point have been obviously not the ideal starting 11, it have been a lot of uh, patchwork if you, if you will be- because of injuries and uh players just not available. Like all things considered, yes, the team still does not have a the a win on the season. All things considered, it could be a lot worse. They mm-hmm. have looked it has not looked completely, you know, bad you t- you take you take away the the clunker at chicago because really any team in this league can put up a clunker of a performance like that yeah um but yeah like it, it's it's a little bit uh there's been a little bit of hiccups in terms of like cohesiveness and the flow of attack but it hasn't been outright unwatchable it hasn't been terrible
1: no and it seems like all the stuff is feels very fixable they haven't really clicked um i would say like if you probably looked at their passing percentage numbers they're not at a level they were last year especially along the back line um and uh I think as the team just figures each other out a little bit more this season with new attacking players that's you're going to see a lot of that stuff kind of naturally work itself out yeah um so I'm I am I know people have every right to be a little bit worried but um, I was actually—we were just chatting before we recorded—that um, the rain actually had quite a slow start in 2015 when they won the shield and um, kind of dominated the league. They um, they won their first game and then they lost two, and then they won and then they had like back-to-back draws or something like that. So they weren't mm-hmm. putting up a ton of points at the start of the season. Um, but they benefited from a World Cup year where they had a lot of great players not reporting to the World Cup. So I think that always is a good reminder that there's still a lot of depth on this team um, when, when all of the World Cup players on every team across the league are going to be gone.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's... Um, <clears throat> I don't think it's a, a need to panic because uh, let's, let's be real if Jody Taylor had a better shot selection on that penalty, you know, we're not talking about the the rain still needing uh, their first win on the season. That would have been, that would have been win number one right there. Um, So yeah, it's um, obviously when Fishnacht comes back, it's going to be a huge boost to the midfield, but also just how much that affects everybody else. Like we talked about when she's back that, experience of her and Yana's playing together building you know in that midfield it's um you're going to see those uh dividends pay off almost instantly I think um and then yeah it's just uh, getting more familiar and comfortable with you know your attacking trio of likely you know Darian Jenkins, Bethany Balser, and Shay Groom. Yep. So yeah it's it's you know Obviously, we would like to say, you know, the Rainer can be pl- going into next week's uh, game, you know, undefeated, all this stuff. But all things considered, where they are, where they are right now, with barely a month into the season, that's I- I'll take it.
1: Yeah, definitely not where I wish they'd be, but it's also at this point, especially so early in the season. But at this point, it's nothing they can't write, right size and um get back on track.
0: Yeah, and obviously with a coach like Vlack on Mousey, like he we know he's gonna figure it out and um him, his assistants are gonna help uh figure it out uh for him and it's all gonna come together. And it's still a long season.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um I think that pretty much does it for questions that we got on Twitter. Um is there anything else you would like to talk about?
1: Oh, maybe we should ask a fun question of each other. Okay. I don't have a thought on the top of my head. Anything cool you're watching or reading right now?
0: Um, watching, I finally took the point and started watching uh, the Great British Baking Show or oh, however oh, you want to call it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I am enjoying it a lot uh let's see what season am i on um i'm on the f- the first season where it's no longer sue perkins and mel that are like hosting it
2: mm, mm-hmm.
0: it's basically whenever they made the switch over to at least in england i think it's channel four and it's basically a new batch of um hosts and one judge because mary Berry's no longer there it's still mm-hmm. paul hollywood yep <clears throat> but i'm still enjoying it like so I love the show Chop, but at times I just can't watch it because the contestants have such huge egos that it's comical. It's not even fun.
1: Yeah, the Great British Baking Show or Great British Bake Off, whatever it is actually called. Yeah. Um, it's also positive. Every yeah. time someone leaves, everyone's like, "Oh, I wish they couldn't didn't have to go." And <laughs> yeah.
0: there are no egos because every. Yeah. Every competitor there is your average schmuck like you and me.
1: Yeah, it's I, it's very enjoyable. Something that's easy to to watch if you just like have an hour to kill or something like that.
0: Yeah, and like and it's so genuine in their emotions, either when they're elated because they got Star Baker or they got that Paul Ho- Hollywood handshake, or <laughs> or like they knew like whatever they like everything went wrong for their bake and they're just you know they're trying not to, you know, be sad about it, but you can tell that, you know, they just can't fight it. And hey, it, the emotions, whether it's good or bad, are so genuine. It's like you, you know, it's it's easy to get attached to the contestants.
1: Yep, for sure.
0: Yeah. So that's what I've been watching. Reading-wise, I'm trying to finish because I just like res- resumed it like literally three, three days ago. This book that my dad... Uh, is letting me borrow it's basically an oral history of the tv show the wire oh cool um basically this author interviewed like everybody involved with the show from the writers you know namely david simon the directors and all of the actors and just basically they're all telling their oral history about about the show
1: can we talk about that reminds me was it Fox soccer? Or was it the U.S. women's national team that just made the video where they used a quote from The Wire?
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, think it was a, I think it was a Fox video, but it was for the uh, U.S. women's national team. They basically borrowed Omar <laughs> Little's uh, line from The Wire. So the Omar Little line in The Wire, the original quote is, you come at the king, you best not miss. And the Fox Soccer U.S. Women's National Team version is you come at the Queens, you best not miss, which, you know, fine.
1: <laughs> Never I mean, thought I would see the, a quote from the, or hear a quote from The Wire in a U.S. Women's National Team promotion.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's just one of those things where like, this, I mean, have you, have you seen The Wire? Yes, Okay, yes. It's just so fascinating how like, you know, when the show was running on HBO, nobody was watching it. And like something that, I, that they keep, mentioning in the in the book is like they were canceled after every season Uh. they basically had had to convince HBO give us another season so forth so forth but yeah it's just so fascinating how this show uh nobody watched at the time because it was basically it could never escape the shadow of the Sopranos and Uh Six Feet Under which is understandable yeah but then uh it's where um Somehow people just end up saying through word of mouth, hey, you got to watch this show because somebody, you know, we're not advocating piracy, but let's face it, they found a way to get HBO f- feeds or downloads or whatever. Or, you know, at the time, um, and I think it's still prevalent in this digital age, some people still borrow DVDs from friends. <laughs> and uh, that was that's how people were watching it. And it just became this where, yeah, people are now talking about the wire, like, well after the show has ran its course but the impact it's still like it's still being felt like you know i'm sure you've read how the courses at harvard were yeah uh, instructed about the legacy of the wire how uh-huh. president obama said omar little is one of his favorite television characters and all that stuff so yeah it's it's a really uh, fascinating book cool. um i can't reach it right now but um i'll let, i'll share with you the title of it as soon as i find it again awesome yeah it's 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 uh it's a fascinating book and like i would like to tell something oh no here's something that i can tell from the book that won't be too spoiled that won't be a spoiler for anybody that's not seen the show so um one of the ex-interviews that uh dominic west who plays jimmy mcnulty mm-hmm. he's saying that like throughout the course of the shows that he was always complaining to creator david Simon about it. He hated it. He was homesick. He wanted to leave on, on an, constantly complaining to him about it. And he said, you know, fair play to David. He was always, he was always listening to me. Never, you know, took an issue with me or, you know, never said stop complaining about it. And then he said, one day, David Simon says to him, you know, um, Dominic, one day you're going to be like, at a bar somewhere in London, it's gonna be bad weather, whatever. You're gonna be hanging out there and you're gonna tell the bartender, hey, you know what? I used to be on a show called The Wire. Nobody watched it, but I was the lead actor. And he said it in a way like, that's gonna be something you're gonna be proud to tell you know, that bartender that you did this thing. You were, do, you were doing at least something fun for a moment in your life. And he did, it ended with the joke of David Simon saying, yeah, and then the bartender is gonna say, that's great, but I think it's time for you to go home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Live up to your character's name.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So yeah, it, it's it's just um, it's really cool, like just the oral history, like what it meant to everybody um, that was involved with the show. And like halfway through the book, there's like a bunch of pictures. Some obviously some. Um, screenshots from the show, like, you know, stuff you'd find in like press clippings and things like that. But there was this one great uh, photo that was in there where they basically were um, Idris Elba who played Stringer Bell and Andre Royo who played Bubbles. They got all of the other black actors and black actresses together and they all got to pose and they got them all to pose it for one photo as an entire group. And it was, it was, and just, they're talking about the story of like their motivations to that, just because of the fact that, you know, this was a show that had so many African Americans, which at that time was unheard of, that they just wanted to uh, capsule uh, this moment, you know, so that someday they can always look back on, you know, the rest of their lives. And it's a really nice photo. Cool. Yeah.
1: That's awesome.
0: That yeah. sounds like
1: an interesting book. <clears throat>
0: mm-hmm. What about you? What are you watching? What are you reading?
1: Um, I just started watching this show on Netflix, so I can't even tell you if I like it yet at this point, but it's called Crazy Head. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of it. Um, mm-hmm. Nope. But, but these, it's a British show, and these two younger women um, are like demon hunters, um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like dark and kind of silly, um, and like it's, it's just different. Uh, I guess it gives me a little, a tiny bit of like Buffy vibes in the like mix of demon fighting with a serious and silly twist. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna keep trying that. Um, are, they,
0: are they sisters or like just? No,
1: sisters? they do, they kind of happen to run into each other. They don't know, it. and they're very different two diff- very different people.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
1: so yeah, it's kind of interesting so far. Um, and then I finished pretty recently, um, it's a young adult novel called On the Come Up, Uh um, which is a fantastic book and I probably can't describe it, do it justice, but I think everyone should check it out.
0: Was it called again? On the Come Up?
1: On the Come Up. And it's written by Angie Thomas, who wrote a book called The Hate You Give, which got turned into a movie, um, and... Uh, was also super fantastic um, so don't let the words young adults scare you if you think that those are bad books because they're very deep um, and it was uh, a really interesting look at a teen's life that I have not experienced whatsoever so hmm.
0: yeah you know what? there's nothing wrong with uh, being entertained by the you know the young adult genre because I've seen all three of the Maze Runner movies and I enjoyed them <laughs>
1: yeah and these ones are like real teen problems that like real teenagers in chicago are dealing with on a daily basis it's not like a silly young adult fantasy um Ooh. but written really well and,
0: hmm. i wonder yeah. if our media friends in chicago have um uh, read or at least are familiar with that book yeah yeah hmm. all right so that I think that pretty much does it for this episode of, of Coffee and Valkyries. Um, to the listeners, thank you for sticking with us and uh, letting us come back into your podcast listening lives. Um, we didn't intend to be on such of a uh, hiatus, but <laughs> with, with a lot of things going on in life, it's just you know, one of the things that happened. But we are back. We will try to have um, players from the Rain FC squad on for interviews and something we're going to do different this season about that is once we have confirmed that so and so is going to be on uh, the podcast we will let you on Twitter know so that way if you have any questions you can you know get those in and hopefully we can get them uh, asked and answered on the podcast when we interview said players.
1: Thanks everyone for listening excited to kick off our podcast again this year
0: yes thanks again uh everyone for listening and we we will be back soon